here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Welcome to the show. It's Shake Them Ropes number 91. Rob McCarron here, and we'll be joined by Jeff Hawkins in just a moment. As this week, we're talking about Brock Lesnar, Vengeance 2002, WWE's July 4th special, NXT, and who could potentially replace Jamie Noble in J&J Security. It's a pretty hot topic. We'll be talking about that later. I want to take a moment to mention that we're available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Downcast, YouTube, and all of your favorite podcatchers. We're online at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash STR, which is where you can find links to download the podcast, as well as forums to discuss the shows and the world of wrestling in general, as well as great columns and opinion pieces on pro wrestling. If you'd like to interact with the show, we'd greatly enjoy it. Catch us on Twitter at ShakeThemRopes or email the show via Rob at VoicesOfWrestling.com. That's Rob at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Right now, we are interested in your wrestling road trip stories. If you have a great memory from a past road trip to a wrestling show, a road trip gone bad, or motivations for attending a faraway show, uh, especially if you're traveling to like a WrestleMania from overseas, we'd love to hear all of that. We want your road trip stories. We're planning a future Shake Them Ropes episode about discussing past road trips that we've had and traveling throughout our uh, days enjoying pro wrestling. Again, Shake Them Ropes on Twitter, at Shake Them Ropes, or Rob at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Also in the podcast description on the website, as well as if you're downloading through our RSS feed, I have links in there uh, to, uh, to send in your stories. We will be right back with Jeff Hawkins for STR number 91 in just a moment. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hi, it's Rob McCarron. Shake them ropes. Jeff Hawkins is here. No music today, Jeff. We have too much to get to. A cold open. Oh, we do? Do we? We have a lot to get to from that Raw last night. Did you send me a rundown? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't send you one. I was thinking, oh, well, because I was running late today, as you know, because we had to push our time back. And here we are on a Wednesday instead of Tuesday. I'm being facetious because you said we had a lot to talk about. So I'm trying to think of stuff. <laughs> I know. It's one of those things where we have a, a ton but really not so much because I don't think there's one thing from Raw last night or from Monday night that we really need to discuss. It was it was the show I told you before, you know, when we were planning on when to record on Sunday. This is the show I was expecting where it would be three hours. Nothing really would get accomplished. There wouldn't be much to discuss because we have so much time to the next pay-per-view that they're just, you know, they're trying to build stuff up. Well, we can always talk highlights and lowlights for you you want to we'll talk about a couple of things we'll have that we have uh the fact that brock lesnar is back mm-hmm. that's cool that's about it brock mm-hmm. lesnar's back uh we have the july 4th network special that we can kind of dip into some more i mean we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks now but over the course of the next two weeks of nxt i mean that's what they're building up to i mean the next two weeks of nxt tv aren't going to build up to a uh, takeover special they're building up to the big Finn Balor, Kevin Owens title match, and we'll see if uh, our thoughts have changed on whether or not Kevin Owens might be dropping that title 
from the last week or not. Uh, we have NXT is debuting in more cities. And Triple H is dropping Twitter hints all over the place about a potential SummerSlam weekend show, uh, which probably isn't that big of a surprise. I figure they're probably going to be running on a lot of these major pay-per-view weekends coming up. You know, the first weekend or the first week, year they don't do it in L.A. in God knows how long, mm-hmm. and I don't get an X- NXT show. I know, right? Yeah. But you got San Jose, so let's not be uh, too greedy. To, let's not be to too picky. Well, I had to drive for that. That's true. You did. <laughs> and uh, it's match number 73. We're rolling right along in our top 100. It is Undertaker challenging, or excuse me, defending the WWE title against Kurt Angle and The Rock from Vengeance mm-hmm. 2002. A pay-per-view that also marks a another special appearance from somebody on that show. We'll discuss that later. Uh, but we have all that. Um, maybe if we have time, we can get into Tough Enough. Did you watch Tough Enough? No. I didn't watch Tough Enough either. <laughs> I'm just surprised want... that you didn't watch it because last week you were all like, we should probably talk Tough Enough. Well, I was going to cut a promo on Tough Enough, and then you told me it wasn't worth it, so I decided it wasn't worth it. And now you didn't I don't watch want... it. Well, I was right, though, wasn't I? It's not worth it. It's a fake show about a fake sport. I used and, to watch the Tough shows, Enough, but... I, you know, I liked it the first few times when you realized what it was, and then uh-huh. it's like, I would much rather watch a Tough Enough that's about actual guys I should invest in that are going to be in there, that are going to be talented, and that are going to possibly make a dent in the business in the next couple of years, because anybody that they're bringing in now... With the possible exception that the learning curve for women is a little bit shorter than men. And, you know, they're all in great shape, but, you know, they don't know wrestling yet. So what we're doing is learning personalities to invest in for five years down the road, maybe. Yeah, it's it's interesting because Tough Enough, yeah, it's just this TV property that they're using. They're not using anyone from NXT. It's not, you know, who's going to be the next big star to pop up on the screen on pay-per-view after three or four months. It's a show to fill space. For you, That's all it is. NXT is its own tough enough. I mean, these are the guys yeah. that are going out there and doing the actual wrestling stuff, and you're going to see who's going to sink or swim. The tough enough is just the quick fix. You get, you know, the fitness models. You have the guys who are learning to work. You see who might have potential to go to NXT. Kind of works. Now, are they doing the thing? Now, are they doing uh-huh. the thing like they did last time and they do on all the reality shows? where it's they have certain tasks they have to do. Like, you remember, did you watch the last Tough Enough where they had to, like, work in a diner on roller skates? Yeah, I watched some of it. I watched some of it, and part of it was because... And you know what? It's interesting because I was watching it because Matt Cross was on the show. Yeah. You know? Oh, there's a guy I know. You know, there's someone. Okay, they, they actually got a wrestler in there. I mean, I don't know the entire cast, but there's no one like that that I know of. I mean, I don't know anyone who's on Tough Enough right now. Mm-mm. I don't know anybody. And that's not to say that there's not talent there. I'm just... No. Tuesday night show, there's enough wrestling as there is already. Uh, now with NXT on Wednesday nights, I mean, there's other shows to watch. And so I, I watched... And the other reason I didn't watch Tough Enough is I was kind of wrestled out because I watched uh, Best in the World. Yeah. And, on, I, uh, and I have to think that... You know, with this being on USA, they're going to cross-promote on Raw. I'm going to see plenty of Tough Enough on Monday Night Raw. Oh, they're going to make appearances in backstage vignettes or sitting in the front row or... I don't need to watch Tough Enough because I'll see... It's the same reason why I don't really need to watch SmackDown because anything of note, they replay on Raw in those short little vignettes. 
mean, mm-hmm. you don't need to watch these shows. If you want to see it first, yeah, you watch the show. I can wait six days to watch the best of Tough Enough if there is such a thing. Uh, but best in the world was Friday. I mean, people are wrestled out. We got, of all weekends, July 4th weekend is going to be Ugh. a crazy wrestling weekend with the NXT special, two New Japan shows. You know, we have the build up to Battleground, which, you know, is propped up by a Kevin Owens John Cena match. I mean, you know, Battleground the, the, is going to be a show you have to watch now because you have Brock Lesnar and Seth, see what happens there. And you have Kevin Owens and John Cena. There are two big main events on Battleground of all shows, which is. Recently, over the last couple of years, Battleground has been the worst show every year. It is mm-hmm. not going to be that way this year. Great American Bash coming up. The Great American Bash. <laughs> you say that facetiously, but the next match on our Top 100 Countdown is from the Great American Bash. Okay. Probably didn't even know that. Uh, it's, it's the, uh, isn't it the Young Guns Midnight Express or Young Pistols Midnight Express? Midnight Express and the Southern Boys. Southern Boys, Young Pistols, same thing. Is it? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. It, it, in 1990, uh, just getting into it for next week, they, they they rebranded a lot of the more controversial tag team names mm-hmm. to be more marketable, and nobody wanted pistols in wrestling, and I think they renamed the New, New Zealand Militia the Royal Family at that point. It's hilarious now because you have the young pistols changing to the Southern Boys, <laughs> and that's but, better. Yeah. <laughs> the Southern Boys, by the way, Steve Armstrong and Tracy Smothers, a better tag team than many out there. Dylan Waco yes. on the Voices of Wrestling forums is doing his uh, tag teams that are better than Kenta and no- and Naomichi Marafuji. And the Southern okay. Boys made the list. He says <laughs> there are 1,000 tag teams better than Kenta and Marafuji. <laughs> Well, that should keep him going for a while. Voicesofwrestling.com slash forums. Yeah, I think he's already listed maybe 200 or so. Uh, okay. So that's something. Uh, the Southern tag teams, of course, make the list. I'm waiting for the Jimmy Rave, Alex Shelley tag team. Quite great, by the way. You know, um, while we're stalling here for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> is that what I was just going. I'm free flowing. It, it, feels, it, it feels like we're free flowing. I really don't have a lot to say. There's NXT not a lot to was, say about Raw. NXT was bland, too. That's the other problem is I could, if I if I didn't like raw i could go to nxt the last two weeks of nxt have been well we had two weeks ago where it was strictly jobber show yeah it was squash show city every match (laughs) i mean there were six matches on that show every match three minutes long squash city uh tonight's episode and by the time most of you listen to this you've probably already seen nxt maybe uh i mean tonight's episode is the first episode from the newest uh, set of tapings Oh, okay. uh, you get the build up to the July 4th special with Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. Um, I believe it's tonight's show. It might be next. I believe it's tonight's show is the highly anticipated Rhino and Finn Balor match. Okay. I've been waiting for since February 12th. About, I've literally read nothing about the tapings. Yep. So. Uh, yeah, we won't. I mean, we'll not. We're not going to spoiler it up or anything. But as far okay. as the show that's uh, going on. Yeah, I'm interested to see uh, Dana Brooke is back. Uh, from her trip to Brazil, was it, for the Arnold Classic? She is back. I am so excited, as I know all of you are. Well, all of us except me. All of you out there listening are very <laughs> excited. Uh, hey, this is Rob, what... I'm back from the Arnold Classic. It's a horrible, horrible <laughs> representation of Sweetie Pie Dana Brooke. Horrible representation. You should be ashamed of yourself. You should ask forgiveness. 
this is what I wrote down about WWE Raw. Okay. Brock Lesnar's back. Dot, dot, mm-hmm. dot. That's cool. Nothing else. And Cesaro and Luke Harper have begun a feud on main event and superstars. That's what you wrote? <laughs> this is what I have from Raw. I think that's better than my note. My one note was, ah, the Divas division. Once again, can't tell who a heel and a face is these days. This Derek Moore ref has to go. <laughs> he's, he's terrible. Terrible in everything. Derek Moore, the referee versus uh, for Tamina Snuka and Naomi against the Bellas. Just worse, getting in the way. He's worse than the last Divas ref they had. Uh, I, I mean, uh, this guy from, not Hood Slam, what was it? The uh, Urban Wrestling Federation? Derek Moore? Oh, believe, wow. I believe that's mm. where he's from. Mm. Uh, not particularly well-liked, but, uh, you know. Scoops? Dropping, wow. dropping scoops okay. on the Derek Moore situation. But he's, I mean, we've been talking about it. Every once in a while, I get in my little ref rant mode, and Derek Moore is usually the inspiration for it. Okay. Usually the inspiration for it. They have a very good stable of referees right now, but Derek Moore. Here's here's my rant. All right, so you show the video vignette of Paige uh-huh. giving her, her soapbox speech, yep. and the Bella's coming in and bullying everybody. Then you show highlights of, Alicia Fox turning on Paige and the Bellas get to the ring and they wrestle as faces. It's, <laughs> it's a weird dynamic with the Bellas. Yeah. <laughs> because I mean, they want to be cheered. Why wouldn't you? And then you it's up to the crowd to boo them. Right. I mean, they want to be cheered. Well, they're no, but they're working as faces. Yeah. Waving to the crowd, getting, mm-hmm. getting, you know, and then, and then Naomi and Tamina, out heel the people that are the main heels in the vignette you just showed them in. Mm-hmm. Ah. Not a fan of that, huh? Keep the NXT <laughs> keep the NXT women as far away from this division as possible, unless you fire them all, except for Alicia Fox, maybe. <laughs> just bring in the NXT division as replacements, uh, or get or, or whoever's agenting or writing this division, fire them too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just have no thoughts. I, I, I just have nothing from Raw. It was just well, that, a show. That's a funny part. And then, and then of course, the authority storyline, which, again, we're wrapped up in can... There's no logic to it whatsoever. It's back because, and forth. It's back and forth. I mean, again, the, the authority storylines, every single episode of Raw are just three but, hours of what will they yeah. do, what won't they do. What will they do? And then it doesn't he, matter the next ticks, week. As he takes someone off, yeah. you know... And and the added layer of Triple H no longer has faith in Seth mm-hmm. makes no sense either because he's the champ. He's the top guy. How much better can you be than yep. your champion? But he hasn't beaten Brock. And then they bring him back after they were the ones who banished him. Yeah, because that they know Brock. No they know Brock Lesnar's the no, toughest challenge. No sense. Why would you challenge the guy who you wanted to have the belt who's tougher than your champ? You had the, they're evil heels. They do plans. Why would you do this? <laughs> they do what's best um, for business, Jeff. Best for business is Brock Lesnar being back. Worst for story. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's probably all Jimmy Jacobs' idea. Trying to watch it logically is doing me no favors. <laughs> Not doing you any <laughs> favors, obvious. no. Um, you know, the New Day were entertaining again. 
I'm How about already, that? Uh, hey, I, I like when Raw's good. I like WWE. I, I hope I hope there's not a new listener on this show who says, like we had one reviewer in the iTunes comments say, these guys are so negative because we are not always negative. Sometimes there's no. a bad show. And it's yeah. it's not necessarily that we're being negative. We're just not super excited about it. This Monday's Raw was a show not to be super excited about. And if you loved it, good for you. I'm glad you find entertainment in the WWE show. I was fighting to get through this. And I only watched the 90-minute Hulu version. And I was struggling I, to get through this. I watched without commercials. Although, you know what? I, I do think... Um... I think we should give some shine to the uh, Roman Reigns-Sheamus match. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, because Roman Reigns is great, people. Here are the things that were great on this Raw. Roman Reigns, okay, great in the ring. I mean, the guys had the best main event matches of anyone in this uh, company this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Ryback, fantastic. Okay. Absolutely phenomenal. And you know what? He is going up against the Big Show. Now, this part doesn't make sense because he's already done the big move. Uh, to the big show many times he's done it to Mark Henry, but you know what? He's going up against the big show. He doesn't think that his shell shock might work. So he is developing top rope moves. <laughs> he had to beat Mark Henry with a splash. Yeah. Cause he couldn't beat him with the shell shock. Granted, he's done it before. Calm down. Yes. Maybe he has a little, you know, muscle spasm in his back. Maybe his shoulders, not a hundred percent. Who knows? Maybe his ribs are a little weak. But he's developing new ways to beat the Big Show so that he can keep his Intercontinental Championship. He's not so worried about the Miz. I don't think anyone should be. And that's why the Miz is going to win. Because mm-hmm. Ryback and Big Show are worried about each other. They don't give a shit about the Miz. Miz is just going to come in there and sneak a win out. You know, Big Show's doing yeoman's work trying to make this all make sense. Too. Yeah. He was pretty good on commentary, I thought. You know, explaining things. He's great in speaking roles. Mm-hmm. Big Show is a speaker. He's great at it. He is. But, I mean, those are the good things of Raw. I mean, I thought oh, and the, the beatdown main event segment was particularly fine because Brock Lesnar is that badass who's... He didn't go down. He, it's not the three guys all just jump on him and he goes down easily. I mean, he was fighting back from the final moment. He was doing his best. Talk about guys who sell the most also. The Ryback and Brock Lesnar are the best injury sellers right now in WWE. The Ryback is told most of the time, you know, don't do it. But when he actually sells, I mean, people thought he was legit hurt at SmackDown on the SmackDown tapings on Tuesday okay. after a big show beatdown. No, dude's just great. Dude makes you believe. But Brock Lesnar is on a whole new level from anyone in WWE right now there as far as in-ring of, performance. There are little things. I mean, Xavier Woods was, again, amazing. Uh, Kofi, pre-match, through the match, pretty good. The one thing that got a cackle out of me was during the uh, backstage segment with J&J and the authority when Jamie Noble called them Yoda. Look at Joey Mercury's face. <laughs> it's just the best. So now with Jamie, Noble, uh, with Jamie Noble out for a little bit here, broken ribs at the hands of Brock Lesnar. Think Joey Mercury is going to disappear from TV? Mm. Or is it going to be Jay security? I played that I read, out. I read an idea online that was pretty good. If you want to hear it, sure. It's why not, not? It's not. It's not my original, but Jack Swagger being the second J. Bring in Jack Swagger, J and J, and he's a guy that Brock could kill. I think you can make that work. Actually, yeah, you can have a Brock Lesnar Jack Swagger match if you want to. Uh, maybe put that 
on the July 4th show. I know right now it's Kofi Kingston and Brock Lesnar. Maybe you go with Jack Swagger. I don't know. I, uh, I don't mind them disappearing either. That's fine with me too. I think they do well in their roles They together. replace Jamie Noble with Jack Swagger. I think that could be an exciting time for Jack Swagger. Hey, hey just, be on TV. He, hey, he just won a dark match against the king of the ring. So... <laughs> Winning a lot of these live event matches and a lot of dark matches. He was on the house show tour this weekend against Brad Maddox was Jack Swagger. So, you know, things are looking up for the former world heavyweight champion. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Cesaro and Luke Harper. Um, Cesaro's tag team partner, Tyson Kidd, today had surgery on his neck. He's going to be out for probably a year. Eric Rowan seems to be injured from the Michigan house show tour this weekend. So now Luke Harper is without an opponent. So oh, what wait, do you do? Hold on. I got another idea. Jay Uso as the second J. I think we kind of moved on from the whole okay. who's going to fill just, Jamie uh, Noble's <laughs> shoes on Raw. <laughs> Who is good enough me. now to fill Jamie Noble's shoes? Let's think. <laughs> Whose name starts with a J? Um, let's not make this into sports talk radio where we turn a half hour over nothing. Is Jeff Jarrett coming back? <laughs> I'm so sorry, listeners. <laughs> What's Jeff Hardy up to? Uh, you know whose name starts with a J? John Cena. <laughs> Coming up next, will John Cena join J&J Security? Oh, I've I've hit rock bottom. <laughs> Luke Harper and Cesaro on main event and superstars this week. Uh, yeah. Nice little TV feud. <laughs> now that Tyson or uh, Titus O'Neil is fully set on Raw, they need another yeah. Haas I mean, battle. I mean, a TV feud that's not on TV. It's on, uh, you know, it's on international TV. It's on WWE Network and Hulu. If you have Hulu Plus, you can get Main Event Weekly. Right. In between uh, in between episodes of Seinfeld, <laughs> you can do all that. Uh, but yeah, Triple H teased that NXT uh, might run on SummerSlam weekend, so that's probably going to happen. They're debuting in late July in Miami, so while it's still a Florida uh, city, uh, that's a pretty big deal. I mean, it's a big city in Florida. They usually run these smaller towns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so NXT going to Miami, Finn Balor, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, the uh, the trio of superstars they highlight the most on a lot of these shows. Uh, another, especially if Finn Balor wins the title on July 4th. I mean, Finn Balor is going to be the tentpole of NXT for the rest of this year. I mean, those who think he might have a shot to come up on the main roster this year, I don't think it's going to happen at all. Maybe Royal Rumble time, maybe main event time or a WrestleMania time. Maybe he's up there for something like Hideo Itami was. But it's looking like Finn Balor is the guy they're keeping down there, whether it's due to injuries, whether they just always had the plan to keep him down there. Finn Balor's staying for a while. Well, it's a positive because now he can work on his main event promos and be even more ready when they call him. Yeah. Did you, uh, I mean, we talk about bland NXT shows lately. There was one thing on last week's NXT that was certainly not bland. And maybe the thing I'm looking most forward to this week on NXT, the who is Finn Balor video special. That was was great because I mean, yeah, I think everyone got a little pop when he comes out and says, what's your name? Fergal Devitt. And he's using the real name and everything. But this was more of a story about the guy who was in NXT as Finn Balor than it was, you know, fake Finn Balor character background. I mean, this was you getting a chance to know the real person, the struggles to get to where he was, the background of this guy. So you actually believe and you are invested in this uh, man when he's wrestling and this was one of the best character pieces on WWE TV in a long time. 
it's a cross between the old school quote unquote personality profiles that they used to do in things like Smoky Mountain and then the E60 profile. It's almost like they, they saw what the E60 profile did for social media buzz and decided to incorporate it, which is a great idea. Good on them. JBL could be in J&J Security. <laughs> you suck. Oh, I didn't even see that one coming. Uh, just Ring of Honor put the title on Jay Lethal just to keep him out of J&J Security. That's breaking news. That's a scoop exclusive to shake them ropes. <laughs> Are you excited that Jay Lethal is the Ring of Honor TV and world champion? Mm. Um, I'm interested. It is I'm very right? interested. I it is. I'm, I don't know if exciting is the word. I'm happy. I'm happy as hell for him. I I'd like to see what he'd do without Truth Martini, mm-hmm. because I I find him to be very very. He tends to take away a lot more from the guys he manages and adds to him necessarily. Well, and the fact that Jay Lethal, I mean, you pay attention when he speaks, and he's great yeah. at getting his own thoughts over. Mm-hmm. Um, it was. I'm watching this main event, Jay Lethal and Jay Briscoe. Great match. And I've been watching Jay Lethal since 2003, 2004. Mm-hmm. I mean, from Ring of Honor to TNA, from back into Ring of Honor. And, you know, I'm watching this match and it's excellent and it's great. And he finally gets the win. And gosh darn it, did I not feel proud that Jay Lethal won the world title? Like, I mean, this is pro wrestling. It's a world championship. It's a, you know, it's a prop. It's, you know, he, he won a match. But you start to see his eyes tear up a little bit. You start to see, you know, him with his parents in the building, what he's done in wrestling over the last decade. And it was a special moment. Yeah. More so than many championship wins. Like I, I, even if you watch Kevin Owens for 10 years and you saw him beat John Cena, I think I felt more invested in Jay lethal winning his match than I did. Kevin Owens beating John Cena. Well, it's a, it's a lower, tier for the well, it's, Owens. It's Cena. a lower tour. Kevin Owens was surreal because like this guy yeah. a year ago was wrestling Silas Young on Ring of Honor pay-per-view and now he's beating John Cena on WWE when no one beats John Cena. It was surreal and it was cool. Jay Lethal after the struggle and he's still in Ring of Honor. It's a lower tier but winning a match against Jay Briscoe. I mean Ring oh, no. of Honor made you care about Jay Lethal winning this match and made you care about the title itself. I, I meant Kevin Owens you know beating Cena was a lower tier for me than Lethal winning the world title in this match because uh-huh. if, if Owens wins the world belt in WWE, that'll be a moment. Yeah. Uh, but no. And, and plus, you know, lethal has been a guy who's been dismissed as too small. He's a comedy guy. All he can do is impressions. You know, he's a, he's more of a spot guy than an actual wrestler. I've, I've heard that all ever since, you know, st- I've watched, started watching him around the same time you did. Mm-hmm. And no, I, I couldn't be happier for the guy to actually have a chance to grow as a performer yeah. and carry a company, which TNA was never going to let him do, no matter how big he got. No. No, it's true. But I mean, he's carrying it now and he's done. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if when he started this run, if they thought this was possible, but Jay Lethal has, <laughs> Jay Lethal has made himself again. After I mean, coming the, back in from Ring of Honor doing the uh, the Macho Man impressions to be yeah. taken as this serious heel role and a guy that when he turns babyface too, by the way, he's is going to be, be a huge star for Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. He's a star. And just, I mean, just in, even in the promo, the line where he's facing off with Briscoe and he goes, 
I made this belt, your belt made you. I mean, that's just, that's great stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, uh, I, I thought it was a great show. Um, Ring of Honor back on iPay-Per-View at the end of July. Uh, Roderick Strong, I mean, tonight on their Destination America show, if you haven't seen it yet, Roderick Strong and Shinsuke Nakamura is the match. Roderick Strong continuing his run as one of the best indie pro wrestlers around Mm -hmm. uh, over the last couple of years. Um, Before we get into our match number 73, and just to finish the thought on the the, uh, July 4th special, do you still think Finn Balor is going to win the NXT title? Yes. I do too. That's my mindset right now, especially now that the battleground matches for the U S title. Yeah. I think very well, Kevin Owens could win that. I don't know if they're going to give Kevin Owens another win, but I, I bet he could, uh, Brock Lesnar and Kofi Kingston, John Cena and Dolph Ziggler versus Kane and Wade Barrett is the announced main event at this point, but it is a house show match and you'll see Mm -hmm. this card can definitely change because another match announced on this show is the new day defending the tag team titles against Tyson Kidd and Cesaro. And obviously (laughs) that match isn't happening. Um, Lucha Dragons versus Los Matadores, Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens for the NXT Championship, Neville versus Chris Jericho, and uh, a triple threat for the Divas Championship, Nikki, Naomi, and Paige are the announced matches for that special at the moment. Uh, very well could change. That ma- that show was airing live on Saturday morning. I asked early on Twitter, and I'm going to ask you, Jeff, I asked mm-hmm. if people were going to watch this show live on delay or not at all. And we got a few responses back, and the majority seem to uh, be anticipating watching this show live on Saturday morning on July 4th. What time does it start? It's going to start for you at 2.30 in the morning. (laughs) Delay? Yeah, you're going to watch on delay. It's starting at (laughs) 5.30 Eastern, um, and it's going to be uh, very late on a Saturday night uh, for you, or on a Friday night for you. But yeah, most people I would imagine, you know, are going to watch this on a delay, uh, they may actually have to watch it prompted by Raw the next night. Like, you know, WWE Network on July 4th weekend, you come back on a Monday, you watch Raw. Oh, there was the special event on July 4th. I should go watch that. So I would actually think that the majority might watch it during the week, like not on that weekend at all. Because if you're a casual fan, are you really taking time on July 4th weekend to watch a three-hour WWE event? Well, for me, I might be working so I'll be working from home and then watching yeah. the event. While yeah, it's work, the holiday so, stuff. It, it's yeah. going to be, I mean, yes, there's an NXT title match on the show and it's a Brock Lesnar match, but largely this is going to be an event that isn't really, not to say special, but not important. No, it's for completionists. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. But, but it'll give you something to watch on the weekend and maybe they, maybe they air it again on a Tuesday night and promote that. Like, you know, after tough enough, go to the WWE network and watch our July 4th special. Uh, with Brock Lesnar destroying the new day. <laughs> yeah. Destroying the new day. Um, TNA slam anniversary is this weekend. Uh, I finally got the day, right? It's this Sunday. Uh, they're live on destination America. The news coming out of TNA and we're not going to spend a lot of time on it. Probably they're taping eight days in a row coming up Ugh. at the end of July, eight days in a row. Actually it might be nine days. Now that I think they added a day. From July 22nd to July 30th, they're taping Explosion TV, Impact TV, and they claim they're taping another one-night-only pay-per-view on one of those days, but we'll actually see because they got all the shows for this year done pretty much. Um, There's a lot of talk within the company, and it hasn't gotten out too much yet, but there's a lot of of stuff going on that, 
you know, talent is thinking this might be the last TV tapings they have this year. Cause this well, could, did. this could complete the destination America deal. Cause if they're taping nine days in a row and it ends up mostly being for impact, this could take them until the end of September. And they just cut two more guys. So I could see it. Gunner is gone. Sam Shaw is gone. Austin Aries may be gone after Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, um, they could be taping for the rest of their year and then just seeing what happens. Like there may not be any TNA events in August or September. And at that point, now we're not getting to the point where, cause they haven't taken a ticket since January. They haven't sold tickets to a show since January. All their TV tapings have been in the impact zone and they've been for free. Uh. They haven't taken a paid ticket since January. Now we're talking about two months where they potentially could not be running any shows at all. Like there's worry. That, oh, there should be. You know, Dave Meltzer reported that they're getting cut in September, October from Destination America. I mean, I have to believe that's probably true. They're going to cut bait, you know. And now you're taping at the end of July for all those shows. Are they going to do? Are they going to pull a Jarrett and tape TV for hopefully a new station if they get one? Probably not, because they waited. You know, when they were done off a of spike, there was a period there before they got on Destination America where they had new, no, no new content. They were showing replays at the end of their Spike deal because they didn't want to tape TV until they had a new TV deal. I don't think they're going to be just spending money taping TV for a company that doesn't have a TV deal. Like, it's going to be a long road where you're going to see TNA talents, per se, working indie shows and more non-TNA events than TNA events. Come to Bola. Come to Bola. Your PWG has announced 10 names already for Bola. Yep. And some are surprises. Some are past Bola performers and some are past bring-ins, but it doesn't feel like they've named any regulars, if you know what I mean. No. Roderick Strong is not in. Yeah. Plus they have the Mystery Vortex show Friday. They have two shows in between Bola, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they have Mystery Vortex, which is coming up. Uh, July 24th is, uh, what are they calling that show? I'm going to look up the old. Isn't that Three Mendes? That's Three Mendes, right. So you have Mystery yeah. Vortex, where you don't know who's going to be on the show. This is Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Three Mendes on July 24th, which is also the day of Ring of Honor's next iPay-Per-View. Mm-hmm. As well as the GFW TV tapings in Vegas. All on the same day. Now, I'm not saying GFW is going to keep guys away, but look at the names that have already been announced for that tremendous show. Uh, Jack Evans, Davey Richards, Eddie Edwards. Eddie Edwards and Davey Richards, by the way, July 24th. That's one of the days TNA is taping TV. Mm. So what about that? Akira Tozawa returns. Angelico. I mean, these are names that you wouldn't normally see in PWG you know, regularly because there might be some names like the young bucks might be working the ROH show. Right. You know, some of these guys might be working GFW. So they're going to have to spread out. You have a lot of the European names announced for Bola. Yeah. There's Chris hero and Biff Busick and Mike Bailey has been announced. Brian cage is in there. So I guess there are some regulars. Ricochet is coming back. It's an interesting time for Bola because a lot of their shows are corresponding to other events. The young bucks haven't been on a show since February. Right. Because they've been in New Japan. They've been in Ring of Honor. They're probably going to have a date on July 24th already that they can't come back to. 
Yeah, it's weird. You have the you have the big dog in WWE, and then you have everybody else who's fighting over the same crumbs. They are, and I wouldn't. In some cases, I wouldn't call them crumbs. I mean, the Bola lineup no. is amazing. Roderick yeah. Strong is in high demand. The Young Bucks are in high demand. AJ Styles is working every day he wants to. But you also have to look at it as okay, PWG is great, but you know that's not a TV deal or a national company. That's right. a it's a local promotion for Los Angeles area fans that you know, has a nice DVD following. Yep. Yeah, but uh, it's an interesting time because you got to say, I mean, the lineups are different than they were a year ago. And they're pretty exciting. I'm just interested in seeing what names GFW, Global Force Wrestling, is going to provide on that July 24th show because you do have the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. You do have PWG. Who is going to be on that Global Force show? Matt Morgan, <laughs> the Dudleys. I don't think, I mean, those are bad examples. I think I don't think any of them are going to be on there, but you know, you're not going to have the mooses. You're going to have, I mean, is Chuck Taylor going to be on the show? Congo Kong out of Indiana will be on the show. Tell you that he's flying to Vegas for that show. Uh, But that's PWG TNA. I mean, good luck to him. Slammiversaries this weekend. And then uh, we have match number 73. Yes. On our top 100 matches to see on WWE Network before you die countdown, The Undertaker, Kurt Angle, and The Rock for the WWE title from Vengeance 2002. Uh, Triple threat match for the title. This show came before SummerSlam 2002, which is finally remembered as one of the the best pay-per-views WWE produced that decade. One of the best SummerSlams. I think it might be the best SummerSlam uh, of that decade for sure. Some of the recent ones have been pretty good. Uh... Exciting time. This was the rise of Brock Lesnar and Vengeance 2002 on this show. The pay-per-view debut of John Cena defeating Chris Jericho. That was his first ever pay-per-view show. This came a month after the uh, loss to Kurt Angle on SmackDown. This came after he was kind of building a little feud with Chris Jericho. He had lost to Chris Jericho on SmackDown and then they had this pay-per-view match. But this was the debut of John Cena, uh, Brock Lesnar and Rob Van Dam for the Intercontinental Championship, kind of something for Brock to do before he got the big title match. And this triple threat where when all was said and done, The Rock won the championship from Undertaker to defend the title against Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. And then The Rock was gone again. Was he? Yeah, he was gone for a bit. Came back in... uh, Came back in January, I believe, to start the program with Steve Austin for WrestleMania 19. The the first thing that stood out was I watched the uh, the video package leading up to the match. Uh-huh. I loved the way that this got from a singles match to a triple threat. Yeah, I thought that was genius. Where it was uh it was Angle and Undertaker, and they had him in the choke, and at the same time as the three count, Undertaker tapped, so it was considered a draw. So they stuck them both in the match. Yeah. I thought that was great. That was great. I mean, um, it, it seemed like 2002 was an interesting time creatively because early part in the year you had the NWO coming in. So you had Hulk Hogan back. You had Brock Lesnar, the rise of him. You had Kurt Angle, uh, The Rock, Undertaker. A lot of these big names, a lot of these uh, creatively gifted guys that were all wrestling and you had to figure out what to do with them. Uh, it seemed like everything was motivated. Like this was a pretty good summer. We talk about how summers now for WWE over the last several years have been kind of stagnant. And you're just pushing through a couple of months until you get to SummerSlam and Survivor Series. This summer was not like that at all. Like, you know, titles were changing. Every main event had a big name in it and had a big fight feel. 
Uh, this was an exciting time coming after the previous summer that was super exciting with the invasion angle. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were having some good summers here in WWE. People were into it. People were into this match. I mean, this was in the first five minutes. Wow. You know, people were feeling like it was, you know, they were going to the end here. Like this was the final moments of the match in the first five. They were hyped into it. I thought. Kurt Angle Kurt Angle's an absolute beast in this match. Kurt Angle, Just an absolute beast. Kurt, Kurt Angle's a beast, but... Talk about the one this, uh, I think this is a memorable moment for those. You may not realize it was this match, but the Undertaker and The Rock were facing off as this match first started. And Kurt Angle, they're talking trash to each other. You know, The <laughs> Rock and The Undertaker. And Kurt Angle is kind of talking trash to both of them. What about me? Not, what about me? They're what not about... paying attention to him. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Kurt Angle notices this and he's looking back and forth at the two guys and jumping around trying to get their attention. So he pushes them. They kind of get his attention. And then he, you know, he's talking trash even more. And they just start beating him up. Kurt yeah. Angle, I mean, less than three years as a primetime player in WWE. Mm-hmm. This guy was great right off the bat. He was a workhorse in this match. Uh, you had The Rock and Undertaker working hard, so it was still a main event, and they were into it. The Rock was uh, going for the championship. But this was a really good triple threat. I mean, you sometimes you have these two tiers of triple threat matches in WWE. You have the lower card triple threat matches, which tend to often end in the uh, stealing of the pin finish yeah. where one yeah. guy hits a big move. Other guy pushes that guy out, covers him. That's it. And then you have the main event triple threat matches where you get a legitimate ending. Usually. I mean, we, we talk about the Royal rumble triple threat earlier this year with Seth Rollins, Roman and Brock. You have, uh, was it Roman and Seth Rollins in the triple threat? No, Roman yes. won the Royal no. rumble. What was the Cena? Cena. Cena. Okay, you have triple threats like that where you kind of tease the stealing of the pin and then they wrestle for a little bit more and you get a true finish. That's the main event style triple threat where you get a true finish and it goes all the way to the end. And, you know, some people complain about the stealing of the pin finish. I think that's okay if you do that and keep it to the lower card triple threats, but keep the big ones important like this. Well, the other thing is that the way that this was built into a triple threat. It made you want to see a triple threat match as opposed to it's a feud with a third guy thrown right. in. Yeah. All three of these guys have a reason to be in this mm-hmm. match yep. and it's legitimate. And that's also what makes it exciting is that the fact that it is a main event triple threat. Um, and you had a lot of instances where all three guys were fighting at the same time. Sure. Yeah. There were the moments where one guy was out and you you have to have that. But for the most part, all three guys are fighting each other. And and it it wasn't just for like there's another thing in triple threats where you can tell the WWE's kind of micromanaging where they want their big moments at and how they want people to respond and whatnot, as opposed to letting the fight do the flow of it and having the moments within there. Mm-hmm. And that's what I liked about this one. Like I'm thinking about the uh the Cena versus DX triple threat. Yeah. Where they have the standoff and it immediately starts with Shawn Michaels super kicking Triple H out of the ring. Like you knew that was going to be a moment. <laughs> this this one was more of a of a fight feel and I I I liked it a lot. Uh you can tell that the stealing of other people's finishers is now almost a trope to build drama. Um although it works here and I like it a lot, but I I was sitting there going, "Man, they really go to that a lot now in triple threats. Yeah. Where one, where one guy steals another guy's move to pin him. 
or to try and pin him? You do see that a lot. And, and that's what I'm kind of saying. Like I, I tend to seem uh, like I see it more in triple threats that aren't as important. They might be for right. an undercard title or they might be, you know, a match on raw where hell it's better than a distraction finish. Cause you yes. know what? That's a story in the triple yeah. threat match. You have to watch your back at all times. Cause there's a third guy in there. Yeah, the the thing that that makes this better than that though is that it was just other guys finisher after other guys finisher after other guys finisher after other guys finisher after other guys yeah. finisher. Yeah. Um but I really but I really like this. I especially all I could think of was at towards the end of the match where Angle's just getting thrown around like a rag doll uh-huh. by both these other guys. He has blood all over him. He has snot coming out of his nose and I'm like this guy is is a machine. He was just an, this, he was just an absolute machine in this match. He he was. I Kurt Angle was fantastic. One of my favorite wrestlers of all uh, of all time. Kurt Angle is um, triple threat match. Man, this went by so quick. It's twenty minutes long. Mm-hmm. I was watching this and I couldn't believe when it ended. Like it made sense and it ended in the perfect time. But I'm like, wow, that felt like five minutes. I'm watching this show and like I wish pay per views nowadays could feel like this. Like great matches, you want to kind of go on. Sometimes you, you, you think, okay, that could go five, ten more minutes. I would be so into it. This was so exciting. But you know what? It's better than wanting to, uh, you know, say, all right, guys, wrap it up. This match, in the, in the end, went the perfect time. But I was like, that was so quick. And I think the I was crowd into the helps whole thing. This. Oh yeah, the crowd. The, the crowd helps this because they didn't sit on their hands until no. the false finishes started. They were into this from from the bell. I tell you, I'm watching I mean, this match. The- I'm watching this match and I'm thinking, okay, there's some other interesting things. Like maybe I should go back and watch Brock Lesnar and Rob Van Dam from the show. Maybe I should go and watch John Cena and Chris Jericho. Like mm-hmm. this crowd and the way this presentation was given to us on Vengeance 2002 made me feel like, oh, maybe I should watch some other stuff on the show. I like Biker Taker a lot. I know a lot of people didn't. I did. I, I liked it because it was more real. Yeah, Mr. M- he's he's the hardcore MMA fighter. Yeah, he's coming in. He's gonna. He's bigger than you. He's gonna be bigger than everyone he steps in the ring with, and he's gonna beat you up. And And you're afraid of him. He's working that way. He's giving you know straight punches. I like. I like Dead Man Taker too. Like when he came back as Dead Man Taker at WrestleMania 20. Like I like that iteration of his character too, just because like it. You know, I mean, this is a it's it's a presentation. It's a show. It's theater, Mm -hmm. and I just like the presentation of Dead Man Undertaker. But Biker Taker was a nice refresher for the guy. Yeah. Um, go out and see it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. You will be invigorated by WWE if you watch this match and you can watch the show also on the show, Hulk Hogan in a tag team championship match as he and edge took on Christian and Lance storm. Yeah, about that. that was a program <laughs> that happened. Everybody, uh, match number 72 next week. We will talk about the midnight express versus the Southern boys. Eaton and Lane against Smothers and Armstrong from Great American Bash 1990 for the NWA United States Tag Team Championships. Match number 72 in the Top 100 Countdown. You can get the full list of our Top 100 at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash STR slash Top 100. If you go to our Twitter page, we have links to all that uh, so you can find out what we're talking about and follow along with us. I mean, one match per week. You know, it takes 20 minutes usually tops. You can go and watch this match and then kind of you know, get your thoughts in line with uh, what we're thinking about those matches. If you do watch and follow along with the countdown, you can hit us up on Twitter at shake them ropes and give us your thoughts that we can incorporate into the show. Uh, any final thoughts, Jeff Hawkins on this week in pro grabs? 
Um, a little sad about Buddy Landell's passing. Um, he's more of a part of my youth than yours, probably. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, had some, I just watched some of his Mid-South stuff where he did the uh, Skander Akbar Butch Reed program. That was really good. But the one that, that hits me closest to home, I know they built up a Nature Boy versus Nature Boy thing in my youth, but his, uh, his, his run in Smoky Mountain in the mid-90s, um, where he's finally clean off of drugs and alcohol, um, he cut some amazing promos during that time. And if you haven't heard it, it's a little loosey-goosey, but go download Colt Cabana's Art of, uh, Art of Wrestling podcast, the episode with Buddy Landell. It's pretty good, and he's a pretty good guy. And, uh, you know, he, he was a very, fairly young guy. He was 53, which, God, he, he looked, seemed like he was in his 30s, like, 40, almost 40 years ago. So, yeah. I mean, just, he, he was a guy that was a mainstay in a lot of promotions and uh, will probably never really get his due because his demons kept him from getting to a main event spot and he was always in that mid-card, but he was a heck of a wrestler, I thought. So, yeah. good on him. Uh, we will talk about all the ongoings. We'll give a, a true preview to the July 4th special if they announce some matches on it. Right now, they're just basically building it around Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens and the fact that Brock Lesnar will be on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll talk about Raw. We'll talk about any news coming from uh, some of the things that we mentioned on the show today. And uh, we'll talk match number 72, uh, that tag from Great American Bash 1990 next week on the show. Uh, also, as I'm going to play uh, during the opener, which Jeff uh, didn't hear, uh, but I asked on Twitter for favorite wrestling road trip stories. I was waiting for that. I yes. thought we were going to talk about that. We're going to do not. that on either next week's show or I, cause I, I got a lot of responses. We got a lot of responses, uh, Rob at voices of wrestling.com, uh, on Twitter at shake them ropes. The DMS are open too. If you'd rather not make it public, you can DM us your story on Twitter at shake them ropes, um, or go to the voices of wrestling.com slash forums. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking about this because of Ring of Honor, and I was thinking, we talked on the show last week um, that WWE was coming to my area. There was a house show in Fort Wayne on Sunday, and I didn't go. Like, it's literally in my backyard, and I'm not going. And I got to thinking about, like, I've traveled 10 hours for wrestling events before. I've traveled 18 hours for NXT. If a wrestling event motivates me enough, and I have the time to do it, I will go to something. But if it's not motivating, like, I didn't need to see a Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose main event you know, match on a house show. Cause I know exactly what it's going to be. Right. And I've seen the match on TV and the TV match. I'm sure was better. I mean, I've seen them. I don't need to go for the experience. I've been to enough shows and you know, this is, you know, priorities and all that stuff. And I've been to wrestling events before and I'm spoiled and I, you know, for kids, I'm sure it's a fun time, but I don't need to go to every show that just comes to my backyard. And I was curious if there are others out there that have had really good road trip memories, like, whether you've met people at these different events, whether you had road trips gone bad, whether there was something you just wanted to share, uh, we want your road trip stories. And I think in a future podcast here uh, coming up soon or maybe sometime in uh, July, we're going to have a, a talk where it's it'll be you and I, Jeff, just talking about our memories going to wrestling shows and and what we've seen and what we've done to get to different shows and whatnot. Just have a, a casual conversation on road trips. That sounds fun. It's it's interesting to me because I was thinking about it. And I went I went twenty years between road trips. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that, and it'll be WWE related. For those who listen to the show just for WWE talk, we'll talk about that because I've gone to different WrestleManias. I went to, uh, you know, here I am in uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I've gone to WrestleManias in Arizona, and I'm sure there are others out there that have done 
much more to go to wrestling shows for you, for the European listeners who have gone to WrestleMania. Like those are the kinds of stories I want to hear. Like what did you, how far in advance did you plan? What did you have to do to get everything lined up? Um, but you can give us your stories, Rob at voices of com or on Twitter, either publicly or privately because the DMS are open to anybody. Um, but I want to hear these stories. We'll have a description uh, or a link in the description for the message board post, where if you'd want to put it in there, we can talk with uh, others about this. Uh, but I'm interested in your stories. I'm interested in the stories about traveling to pro wrestling for a future Shake Them Ropes. Uh, and we'll have all the info on Twitter and in the description. Uh, that really does it for this week's show. We'll be back next week with more Shake Them Ropes. For Rob McCarron, Jeff Hawkins, so long. I love us. I love us. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.